never like I never like I never like I never like May is dedicated to mental health awareness. It would not feel right to have a conversation about the importance of mental health and its impact on our livelihood without talking about how intricate of a role God plays in our mental health. In part one of this episode of the Queenish podcast, we are going to talk about growing in our relationship with the Lord and how this relates to our business. Our special guest is a Detroit native with a doctorate in organizational behavior and development with a specialization in project management from Capella University. She is the owner of an e-commerce business called Be Well Crew. She also has a formal ministerial training from Word of Faith Christian Center and lives by the quote, dream big and trust God. Let us give a warm welcome to Dr. Sherry Stanley. Hi, Dr. Sherry. Hey, good evening. How are you? I'm doing fantastic and even more fantastic that we're going to have this juicy conversation about <laughs> God and our faith and our business. Uh, for those of you listening, I met Dr. Sherry through a single women's life group through our church. She yep. was leading, slash co-leading the life group. And Dr. Sherry, I really just want to let everybody know that you have played a huge role in just how seriously, I take my faith now as a single woman. This podcast isn't only for single women, but I definitely feel like for the single women that are listening, I just want to stress how important it is to focus on our faith during this time of our singleness, because, you know, God is really all that we have right now. You know, we're not in a relationship. We're not being led by anybody. We are, you know, being led by God. So it's just so important to Make sure that that's a priority because everything else falls into place once we get that right. So I just absolutely thank you for just being a mentor, being someone I look up to and admire for how strongly you take your faith. So I just figured you'd be one of the perfect people to have on this podcast episode. And I definitely think that this information that we're going to share with everybody is going to be useful and painful. So um, I, wanted to, I wanted to start off by asking you, how did your spiritual walk with God begin? Oof, eons ago, or at least I call it eons. But um, my parents were really adamant when we were kids about exposing us to an environment that would allow us to um, learn about God or find God for ourselves and have a desire to develop a relationship with God on our own. And so my mom is actually a pastor's child and she opted to leave her family church home that her father led to seek out an environment that was more conducive of building relationship with God instead of building traditions in God. And so that's how we ended up at Word of Faith. And Word of Faith had a strong children's ministry that helped children understand God at their level to be able to make a decision about God at an age when they got age appropriate. So it was good. It was just it wasn't forced. You know how people like, oh, we was dragged to church by my mama. No, 
we were eager to go because it was, they made it fun. Um, and they just sought to show kids that God is love. Mm-hmm. And that's just how I started this going and hearing about God at an age appropriate level and having fun in Jesus until I was old enough to say, Hey, I want to give my life to Christ. Like I want to do that. (laughs) And that was just at an early age. And so I appreciate my parents for making those decisions um, and, and knowing that they wanted relationship instead of tradition and ritual. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think that that's, a blessing in itself is just being able to have those seeds planted in your life so early on. Um, I know for me, it was, there was attempts, I think, at at planting the seed. And I do think that ultimately it worked out because I came back to my faith. But initially, you know, I remember, I have slight memories of being a kid and being in church and just remembering the fun part of it a little bit. Just, I, I have this vivid memory of my head where I was in a room with a bunch of people and they were singing this little light of mine and I just remember dancing around and singing that song and everybody singing together and just like how joyful that experience was for me and as I've gotten older I you know obviously had my struggles with my faith and then I picked it back up when I got to college but I find myself now still chasing that that joy, that childlike innocence, that childlike fun that you have when you're spending time with God. Like it's just something that can't be forced. It ha- you have to feel that freshness, that youthfulness naturally. So um, I definitely think that it's a wonderful thing that you were able to have that so early, and that shows based off of how serious and committed to your faith you are now in your relationship with Christ, how you speak about Christ. I mean, the passion, you can see it because it's just been developing for so long. So, um, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. There were moments when I lost my mind and forgot my faith and forgot who I was. But I think that those experiences still drew me closer to God as I recognized how much he really did keep me. In, in times of you just lost your mind completely. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I think we all lose our minds a little bit. I think that's naturally a human thing for us to get off course, but it definitely just the seed being planted is so essential because it, that's what reels you back in. So Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, definitely. And it's part of growing pains, you know. Mm. What I love to have um, maintained my faith throughout the from the time that I knew God mm. I'd say absolutely but I think um what showed me greater of God and his faithfulness was the trials I did go through and how he brought me through them so mm. even when I wasn't deserving so that just it just made it better <laughs> even though I would have loved to say girl I've been faithful with the Lord <laughs> I've been running this thing like Elisha and Elijah <laughs> <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I can remember what kind of force and impact it was when I was in a, a youth and a teenager and how much being unified in Christ we were, what an impact we made. And I was like loving that. And then you go off and you're like away from that environment and mm. keep this in mind, environments influence you yeah. for the positive and for the negative. And so mm. you get away from that and you lose sight of what what you were built on. But then when you come back to your senses, like this is what I was built on. This is what worked. Let me get back on that. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
For sure. And I think it's definitely a huge misconception for people who don't really have a faith. They think that when you are a Christian, when you do believe in God, that means you don't have trials in your life and you don't have hiccups and you don't make mistakes and your life is just suddenly perfect, or at least you think it is and you portray yourself to be that way. But the reality is we're just like anybody else. We just heavily rely on God through everything. And we feel that he is the ultimate and the only solution to our problem. So definitely um, encourage anybody who's listening, who hasn't started their walk with Christ yet to just be mindful that it's not going to be perfect and be mindful that you're going to make mistakes and that things just don't suddenly, they don't suddenly get better all over across the board just because you decided to commit your life to Christ. It's, it's, it's a progress, a process for everybody. Um, so going back towards the, what we were talking about with the trials, when you're pursuing your doctorate degree, how did you stay disciplined and encouraged during that time? Because obviously when you're pursuing a doctorate, that's not easy. There's a lot of hardship that comes with that. So tell me a little bit about your experiences with that. Yeah. So my doctorate pursuit, those four and a half, roughly close to five years, I I could have well, I I could literally translate that to somebody's life that happened. Those five years could have been somebody's full 50, 60 years. I suffered so many health challenges. It was not even funny. I had two miscarriages and an ectopic pregnancy, mm. went through a separation and a divorce, all while doing my doctorate. It was crazy. And I just believe that the way I stayed focused was that I had made a decision that this is my why I want this and this is why I want it because I believe that I'm supposed to be a doctor of something hmm. to make an impact on this world and so whatever that doctor it was going to be in I was determined that I am going to finish it no matter how many hiccups or challenges came hmm. I just believe that the doctorate was going to give me a greater stage to be able to speak from versus just having a master's or undergrad and no matter what, I do believe that God opens the doors, but I just felt like there's some credibility that comes when you have those credentials behind you. And I've had some formal education in, in ministry too, but I just felt like in this area to make a greater impact, I'm the, I need my doctorate. And I just was so honed on it that there's not nothing going to stop me, even all the foolishness. And I'm usually like that. I don't start things to stop them. Mm -hmm. So when all the tests and all the crazy stuff came up in my personal life that was just presenting challenge after challenge, I was like, I need to stay steady to show other people that you can have life happen and still finish the things that you started, whether it's educational or whatever. You don't have to give up on those things that you dreamed about doing. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of kept focused. I really had to keep and when I say sometimes it was like a reminder, like, what are you doing this for? You know, <laughs> you know, yeah. sometimes look in the mirror and just say, Dr. Sherry Stanley, like to mm. get my motivation back up. And I mean, there were times, Diane, where I was lack of motivation to write mm. my dissertation. And I was like, I, and I'd have to just be like, you know what, Lord, I need time away from the computer. And 
you know, sometimes in writing, this is going to sound weird, but my best papers came to me after resting, after mm -hmm. sleeping. And God would just kind of data download to me after all the readings and all the stuff I've read and being overwhelmed, I would go to sleep and he would give me papers in my dreams and I would just get up and write them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what, Lord, I, I know this is you helping me because I can't do this. I'm going through life problems and health challenges and you're just covering me all the way through. <laughs> so definitely I would say the major thing was just putting my goal in front of me, my goals, and then repeating those things even when things got down. And so I started visualizing myself as a doctor, speaking that out loud and um, keeping that in front of me, regardless of what the challenge was, you know? So it was tough by all means. Like, I'm not gonna say that it was a cakewalk, but I do believe that God will give you, um, and even yourself, you'll get some determination and some resolve that this has gotta be done. Mm -hmm. I didn't start it not to do it. This has gotta be done. You'll get some resolve and you'll just go hammer it out. Yeah. 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 And it's just interesting with your story. I think I did mention this in our life group, but when I was in undergrad and I was going through school, I also was dealing with major health problems on top of just a lot of other personal issues and all of that combined. There was no way that I was going to be able to continue on with studying in the current state that I was in mentally. And so ultimately I had to withdraw from my courses for a semester and just take a break, but also prepare myself to have surgery and, and be bedridden for a, about a month. Recovery time was a month for me. So all of that, going through that and, you know, wanting to finish my, finish with my degree, I was determined to make sure that I finished in four years. I finished in four and a half, but that was weighing heavily on me. It was just feeling like, I have this goal in my head and I have this vision for my life and where I see myself being. And right now my vision is not where I think it should be right now. I'm not understanding why this is happening to me at such a critical time in my life where I'm trying to get my first degree. I, I would like to be in your position one day to be able to say I'm a doctor. I love the sound of Dr. Diane. So I definitely will take, um, <laughs> take your advice on those affirmations and just saying out loud that that is who you are because I just got to constantly remind myself despite all the things that I've been dealing with that that is the goal that I have for my education. Um, but I, and let me say something to that. Sometimes health challenges serve to slow you down for mm. a reason. Yeah. And so my health challenges started in my undergrad program because mm -hmm. I was like full steam ahead, double major, mm -hmm. hardcore, you know, science, technology, medicine. Mm -hmm. I was going at it. And then my body took a right, left, whatever kind of turn and mm -hmm. sent me to a screeching halt. And from a medical perspective, I was physically dying. Hmm. My spirit, on the other hand, was like, you got too much to do. I can't be laid up in this hospital. <laughs> right. <laughs> and what ended up happening was instead of finishing, you know, a degree in four years, I finished in five because you, if you're dead, you can't do anything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes health challenges seek to put, and put things in perspective and help you focus on what is really important. 
and what is really valuable to life. And I had to start making decisions, better decisions about first and foremost, taking care of myself. Because when we're in undergrad, we think we can do everything and anything and we put so much pressure on ourselves and black women especially Mm. um but women in general we put a lot on ourselves because Mm. we have to make up a curve Mm. you know this societal curve that you know whatever it is we want to be power women we want to do the best of the best we want to make that money or whatever it is we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, but we forget to take care of our bodies in the process. And so I believe sometimes the health challenges come to show you what put things in real perspective and value the things that are going to keep you here mm. more so than the things that you think are important. And so trying to climb somebody's ladder that you hung up on somebody's building might not at the end of the day be the best option because when you get to the top, it's like, is this really the ladder at the top of the building that I want to be in? Right. <laughs> and so I had to really shift and adjust for health concerns, even in my twenties. Hmm. So when I got to my thirties and I'm dealing with another human being that I'm married to and health issues and going to higher level education, I had already set my mind that I've been to my worst health wise. I know where I'm not going back to. So I need grace of God. I need to have God focus again Mm. to be able to move forward. And so when you go, now you have that experience. If you weren't to that level, you probably wouldn't know it until your body was like, I had enough. And if you have it at an early age, now you can set the stage for the rest of your life because you've already had that experience. For those of you who haven't, let me tell you in your audience, (laughs) take heed of your body, your Physical is important. Eat right, sleep right, mm-hmm. um, get the proper nutrition, get the proper rest, and have a good mental state. Because this we're talking about mental health month. You know, good mental state is important. Getting away and just decompressing and having some breathers and having some calm moments is important for mental health because we are go, go, go women. And when we don't recharge us and recharge our spirits, even if you're married, ladies. You got to take some you time because you're dealing with other people. And I highly recommend, you know, the the perspective should be God, Mm. self, God, self, family, (laughs) everything else. (laughs) You get the perspective right because it's just, it it doesn't work if you are drained and you have nothing to, you don't have overflow to, to give someone else and that doesn't do any good. So yeah, that would be my suggestion there. I co-sign on everything that you just said, especially with just the whole focusing on all aspects of your health. I mean, I've gotten to the point now where if anything starts stressing me out just a little bit, I'm like, oh, you know what? Um, I'm going to pray about this. And then I'm going to sit on my couch. I'm going to watch my favorite TV show. I just bought a diffuser. Now I'm gotten into essential oils and setting the ambiance in my apartment now. Like I'm just stress-free zone is the the word for me or the phrase for me this year so especially with everything with the coronavirus you just can't afford to be to let yourself go right you can't you can't and i'm a i'm a big proponent of uh fortresses of solitude (laughs) you know my i tell everybody like don't come to my house with 
disrest and non-peace. <laughs> my, my home is a fortress of solitude. It is my peace zone. Mm-hmm. Bring your mess here. If you got a drama, please just go on, on turn back out my driveway. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. I am right there with you. So um, <laughs> with everything that you said, just talking about doing what's best for you. I do want to ask about how entrepreneurship fits into your vision for your life and just like how that um, relates to your passions. When did you made the decision to pursue entrepreneurship? How did God reveal to you that that was your calling? Absolutely. So I've always had this like hum, I'll call it a hum in the back of my mind that the way I'm supposed to live is like royalty and kingdom. And I know that sounds odd, no, but no, I'm no. just, okay. <laughs> but I've always had this in the back of my head that I am supposed to be living like royalty and better than royalty. It would be respect to, I'm not supposed to worry about money and finances and wealth. I'm supposed to have it mm. and I'm able to be able to distribute it and move and operate and flow in a freedom mindset Hmm. because I don't have to worry about the money issues. Hmm. So I've always felt like that. I've always felt like if I wanted something, I want to be in a position that I can just get it. If I want to give somebody something, I want to be in a position that I can just bless them with it and not worry about it coming back to me. Hmm. If I want to donate something, whether it's to a charity or to a church or what have you, I want to be in a position to respond or even be proactive about it instead of, you know, how much is in my finances? Or And so I always felt like however I get there, whatever means I got to get there, that's what I'm going to do. Hmm. Enter entrepreneurship. Hmm. And so this home was there. And I actually thought that the way to get there was to diversify income, have another way to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, in multiple different ways. So I was like, okay, well, I got this job. Maybe if I get this doctorate, it'll be maybe a plan B or maybe something to bring extra in so I can have extra. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was always thinking of what else, what else could I be doing? So right at that time, when I finished my doctorate, um, I was doing this kind of hum. The hum was there. I was kind of praying about it like, Lord, uh, and so I just remember saying to this young lady, I was, I'm going to pray for you to get into this company full time. And you pray for me to find another way to make income. And she said that she had been praying about introducing me to entrepreneurship and <laughs> the two of us just linked up and that was it. <laughs> and it just happened to be that, um, the principles and things that I do within my business lined up with everything that I do in my personal life in terms of how I operate, flow, and live. You know, I live a godly life and my business is very much so faith-based. And so I appreciate it because I was at a time in life where everything had changed and it wasn't necessarily a voluntary, you know, a voluntary change. Like, let me change. No, it was kind of like, you got to get out of here. You got to get out of here quick. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was, as I was going through all the shifts that was needed, I was like, I'm still have my hum. I still believe that I'm supposed to live as royalty. I'm not supposed to just be working this nine to five and slaving and have no, no real impact. I'm supposed to be an impact player on this world. And when she showed me entrepreneurship and building your own business and what kind of platform and stage you can have, you know, to impact people. I was like, that's it right there. And I knew it. I was like, and then 
the environment of people that I needed to be around, that I had been praying for and asking God for, especially after making a transition from, you know, literally just finalizing a divorce earlier in the year, it was like everything that was stole from you just got doubled and improved <laughs> for the better. And so God just knew I needed a better caliber of people with better goals, ambitions, drive, heart, and care about people. And that's God is in the people business. And so that's kind of where that came from. I was like, thank you, Jesus. Like this is, and I actually started to see, you know, visually see, not just vision, but visually see how having your own business can get you to that level of like royalty where you can go and do what you need to do when you want to not tethered or dictated to a job and so that's kind of where that came from (laughs) gotcha well i love everything you said it definitely ties into what the purpose behind queenish podcast is which is living your life as if you're royalty because you are and you know it's it's not going to be a perfect journey but you know when you start seeing all of the fruit that you're bearing in your life, especially because you're relying on God to bear that fruit, you'll feel like a queen every single day of your life. Absolutely. Uh, so. Absolutely. Whether you live, whether you have the money there yet or not, mm-hmm. the, the, the feeling or the understanding that you are royalty will be there. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and um, you mentioned just with entrepreneurship, that was an opportunity for God to place people who were going the same direction as you and, and doing what it is that you want to do. You had people in your circle who were encouraging you and building you up and helping you to be better. Um, and so on the flip side to that, how have you used your business as an opportunity to disciple other people and to be that person in their corner that's helping them to further develop into the person that they were created to be? Absolutely. So one of the biggest things that my business encourages is um, self-improvement, the self-development. The way we do that is primarily through one reading. Mm. Reading, 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 reading is not just fundamental. It is like, it is probably the second lifeline to air, like breathing air. Why do I say that? Because the knowledge that you need to develop yourself is in a book, whether it's the Bible or whether it's a book written by Napoleon Hill or a book written by Priscilla Shire or whomever, someone else has already gone through to do the research, to do the study, to obtain the knowledge, and they've written it down. It's mm-hmm. our responsibility to go read it so that we can improve self. Mm-hmm. It's not reinventing the wheel. It's just go read it. Go read to understand. The other thing is doing just like what you're doing now. You're creating podcasts. There are tons of podcasts out there mm-hmm. of encouraging words, mm-hmm. encouraging um, people who have gone through exactly probably what you've gone through that have documented it in a podcast or in some form that you can listen to and change your mindset and your thinking on things. Mm. And so it literally was kind of like a brainwashing in Mm. terms of I am cleaning out the junk, the stinking thinking, the Mm. negative thoughts, and I'm inputting good thoughts, Mm. good words, good stuff. And that's what I'm keeping in focus. If I keep my 
face and my eyes in a book and I keep the right things getting pumped into my ears, then what's between my ears and that brain is going to change and my mindset and how I think is going to change. And that's how positivity comes. And the more you pump the good in and you get the good in your heart, the more that's going to come out of you. So that's kind of what I did. I just started submerging myself in reading. And again, not just the Bible. Exposure to how people interpret Bible, exposure to how people interpret um, how you think, learnings, different learnings. I mean, school only gives you part of it. Formal education only gives you part of it. Mm-hmm. I believe when you get out of school, you're going to open your brain and see that there is a whole wealth of uh, and wealth of knowledge regarding just developing self. And the development of self is your mind. Mm-hmm. And once you start to challenge thought processes, processes that were developed in you that were kind of limiting and you take those limits off, mm-hmm. it just opens up a whole new world. Mm-hmm. And so I do believe in so as a man thinketh, so is he. I do believe that scripture. Whatever you think you can achieve, I believe all of that. Because once you take limits off and you start believing that you can do the things that you think are impossible, it's, it's really a belief thing. And so I believe that all that comes from reading and listening and changing your mind on things. Right. Well, again, I love what you said. There's so much to dissect out of what you said, but I definitely think the biggest thing that I haven't discussed yet that I want to um, make known to anybody listening is that the relationships that you have with others, your inner circle plays a big role in your mental health and plays a big role in you being able to achieve those things that you set out to, to achieve or you believe that God has placed on your heart to do. I noticed during that time, it was shortly after I had um, recovered from my health issues. I had gotten to relationships with people who were toxic, to say the least. Um, And they were people, I guess, at the time when I was at a low point, I felt like would be good people to surround myself with just because I felt like I needed to have people around me. But not long into those relationships, I started to realize these weren't people, were they not going the same direction that I was going in life, but they didn't have anything encouraging to say about what it is that I wanted to do. And if they did have anything anything encouraging to say, it seemed almost like a backhand compliment. Like I'm telling you, oh, that's nice or that's cool, but it's only because, you know, I'm jealous of the fact that that's not happening in my life. Like it was kind of a situation of just being surrounded around people who were very envious of me being well and walking in my purpose. And, and that was, it made me feel trapped in a way. And I think especially for college students and when you're younger and in a state where you're very influential, having people like that around you, it almost seems normal because that's how a lot of relationships are. But after I separated myself from those people, I started to see God just double, you know, everything in my life because I removed all those people who uh, were toxic and all those people who didn't have anything positive to contribute in my walk. Um, So I definitely want anyone who's listening, who is in high school, college, middle school, even if you're beyond all those stages of education, that your friends that you have are a reflection of you. And it's so important for you to be mindful of what kind of relationships you have currently and also be mindful of 
if they those current relationships fit into the vision for your life in the future because if they don't you probably should get rid of them because otherwise you're never going to reach the point in your life that you want to reach and instead you're just going to be very bitter about the fact that things are happening in your life in the same way that the people who are around you think that so absolutely yep i would say you know a couple of things to that. I would definitely say the five people you hang around most are you. They're mm-hmm. going to define you. So you want to be careful of who you associate with. And that goes all the way to family as well. Sometimes family can be toxic. Mm-hmm. It's okay to limit how much association you have with family and anyone who presents negativity, toxicity, and all that stuff that that's just not good for anybody. And so some I've had to learn sometimes when it comes to toxic family and toxic friends that I've known from the past, I limit my time, but I pray for them. And I pray that they get a clue. (laughs) You know, because I'm not going to spend time here. Like they, you know, and that's okay. Sometimes people need to understand. No, not, not sometimes all the time. People need to understand Mm -hmm. that no is holy. (laughs) No is holy. Yeah, and it's funny just having this conversation. Um, the following question I did want to ask you is if on your journey towards becoming an entrepreneur, if you had people in your circle that were unsupportive of your vision and questioned if your business would be a success. Yeah, too many. <laughs> <laughs> too many, you know. I I had the unsupporters and then I also had the I'm in support of you, but I think you should do something else. Mm-hmm. You should be doing something else. And then I also had the, oh, I've done that before. Um, it's just too much and da, 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 da. And I just was like, that is your experience of this coupled with who you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the who they are is not the who I am. Mm-hmm. And I have very different mindset drive, mm-hmm. et cetera, than they have that will bring my results to be different than theirs. Mm-hmm. And so I would highly recommend your listeners never, never, never make a decision on something based upon someone else's experiences. Mm-hmm. I would say take into account what they say. Mm-hmm. But if you feel strongly about it, if you have a different work ethic and a different mindset about it, go after what your dreams are. Mm-hmm. So take a risk, take a calculated risk, Hmm. but don't just take someone's negative and let it be your decision too, Hmm. especially when there are people showing you that it can be done, Hmm. especially when you see people showing you that it can be done. Hmm. Now it makes me think those naysayers, those persons who were negative toward me, did you, did you really have the guts and the grit to make it happen? Did Hmm. you? Did you have the grind to make it happen? Or are you just telling me you tried it and you didn't really put forth the effort Mm -hmm. to make it work? It takes work. It takes non-quit attitude to make a business work. Mm -hmm. Does it take time too? Yes, time, patience, but you have to have a mindset that once you decide to do something, whatever it is, um, whether it's franchising or completely launching out and doing something completely different on your own, you got to have the grit. You have to have the mindset that I'm going to get in. I'm going to stay steady and I'm not going to quit. Mm-hmm. You know, link up with the people who are going to be there to assist you, help you, pray for you. Leave the naysayers to the side because there's always going to be a naysayer. 
There's always going to be someone, well, I don't do that. I don't do that kind of thing. You know what? That's okay. Mm-hmm. You don't got to do it. I'm not asking you to do it. Are, do you, I'm asking you to be a supporter. If you can't do that, that's okay too. <laughs> right. Right. And then you just, you move forward. You know, you, you make decisions based upon you and where you're at and what your mindset is. And again, you may take into account what they say, but don't take it to heart. Remember that you have different drive than other people. You have different goals and determination than other people. And if you feel that doing, launching out and doing X, Y, Z is the right approach to achieving those goals, then you have to stand firm on your convictions, your beliefs, and your faith that you're, it'll happen. And just ask the Lord, am I aligned with you? Show me if I'm not aligned with you. That's the ultimate goal, getting aligned with his will. Right, right. And I saw a quote. I'm always on social media, unfortunately, so I'm not exactly sure where I saw it. But um, it was talking about having haters, having unsupporters in your life. And it was comparing us and the fact that we have people who are enemies of ours to Jesus and the fact that Jesus had a lot of enemies and Jesus was the most perfect man in the world. So for him to still have people who not only hated and were unsupportive of him, but also ultimately killed him, you know, it just puts things into perspective for all of us who are living on earth and are going through these, these rough patches with people and we don't understand why there are people who are out to constantly get us, who don't want to see us win and don't want to see us succeed. I know that was a struggle for me, especially growing up. You know, when you're a kid, you always want to be like everybody else. You want everybody to like you. You, you want to fit. Yeah, you want to fit in. And at some point in my life, not only did I realize that fitting in was boring and that, you know, I'm a very, I'm a very, you know, unique, eccentric person at times, um, but I wasn't meant to fit in. And God Come gave me, <laughs> God gave me these traits, these characteristics, these gifts for a reason and, and for me to have and use them on my own personal journey separate from everybody else. And that was for his glory. For his All glory. for his glory. Absolutely. All for his glory. You know, but just that's so important. God didn't make us all the same for a reason, you know. So whenever I think about just the fact that there are people who are out there that won't be supportive of the fact that I want to start a business, the fact that I want to start a podcast, you know, that just gives me more fuel to want to do it. Because, you know, ultimately, I feel like those are just tools of the enemy to try and stop me from doing it. But I know that once I do do that, God will show through all of that because I'm allowing him to flow through all of that. I'm allowing him to flow through my podcast. I'm allowing him to flow through any and everything that I decide to do with my life. And ultimately I want to get to the point where I bear so much proof that people have no choice, but to acknowledge that God exists. So um, take notice. Yep. Take notice. Yes. Take notice that God exists. Um, But to conclude with the questions that I have for you as far as in relation to your business, what are some practical ways that people can start to build their relationship with God and um, apply God's word to their life, even if it's in relation to their business that they want to start? Yeah, so practical, I would start with just the most simple. Um, He's got his word there for you to open up and learn about who he is. Start there. 
um, whether y'all believe it or not, Jesus was in business. He was a mm-hmm. businessman. He was in the business of saving souls, but he was a businessman, <laughs> you know, and we, unless you're dealing with um, inventing something, mm-hmm. even if you're inventing something, at some point you're going to have to interact with people. Mm-hmm. And I would say some of the most beneficial things that you can learn from interactions with reading the Bible and praying um, is learn how to interact with people. There's tons of people skill books out there. A lot of them happen to be faith-based people skill books. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately you want to learn with, learn about the commodity, which is the people. The people are the commodity and you have to be the unique game changer in how you present you because that's your business, you, whether you believe it or not. Um, but presenting you to the people. People buy from people they trust. People purchase from people they trust. And so ultimately you want to develop a character and um, a personality that people will gravitate toward and trust. One of the most best things you can get from the Bible and from praying to God and developing your relationship with God is authenticity. Mm -hmm. Authenticity is one of the greatest valuable things you can have in life, as well as integrity and and your character. You know, when I talk to people, I don't try to trick them about what I offer. I don't even try to sell them. I just tell them, hey, I offer this and I'll tell you why I'm telling you about it because you said you have this problem and I like to solve problems personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I tell them my experience with what I'm, I'm offering them. Mm-hmm. I tell them I can't make you no promises that will work for you because I'm a different person than you, but this is my experience with it. And, you know, go from there. I try to give them the authentic me as I present my business and present me. Likewise, if I'm editing someone's paper, because I do that on the side too. Like I do editing for dissertations and um, MBA theses and stuff. I just give them the authentic me. The reason I can edit your paper is because I've been where you're at and I've done what you've done and I've gotten nothing but A's on my papers. So <laughs> you can either pay somebody else $500 or you pay me three, you know, a little less to do your paper. I'll get it done in a timely manner. If, if I, you know, if I have time, if I don't have the time, then I won't take your paper on. Mm. It's just being authentic, honest, and real with people. And that's just what I bring. Like I have no reason to lie to people about where I'm at. Um, and if I, if I feel like I do, then that's not somebody I need to be working with, you know? And so that's just kind of where I, you know, how I incorporate my walk with Jesus, with my business. Like I've asked the Lord several times, I I believe you have to speak into existence what you want. Mm -hmm. And so I'll ask the Lord, Lord, send me across somebody's path who is looking for me to partner with or to offer them a product or what have you, um, Mm -hmm. of what I'm doing, send them across my path. Lord, I have, you know, I've got my affirmations, Lord, I've got, um, sharp, ambitious, um, professional people getting started Mm -hmm. on my team, my business team every single day. You are multiplying my customers every day and and making repeat business for me. I just speak it out and I just put the word of God behind it. And that's how you incorporate God with business. (laughs) Well, that was very well said, probably better than I could say it. (laughs) When I asked, when I was writing the question out, I was thinking to myself, how would I even answer this, you know, for myself as somebody who aspires to be an entrepreneur? It's just, um, practicality and faith is just complicated because you just really just don't know. There are so many unknown variables in life. And so 
when it comes to applying it to your life, you really just got to be diligent and making sure that you know God's word, you know God, you have a relationship with him and just trusting him through any and everything. And when the time comes for you to be able to utilize what he's already given you, it will, it will happen. Um, but I think what you said is definitely something that anybody could take away, whether they have faith or not. Um, but to close out the session, I like to ask all of my uh, podcast guests to answer some tailored questions to the Queenish podcast. And so the first question that I wanted to ask you is, do you feel like you've become the woman that you've envisioned yourself to be? I feel like I'm becoming. I feel like I still have an evolution process that is in in progress um but i'll be honest with you diane i even if i got to where i was at i believe god would give me even more treat goals and desires and ambitions above the level that i get to so i believe it's just going to be a continuous process absolutely um what is your definition of a queen Ooh. I have thought about this before, but I just believe a queen is someone who is confident in self Hmm. and walks in her purpose, whatever it is. Hmm. And I believe a queen is someone who just takes her own moral code and standards and lives by them. Hmm. Uncompromisingly live by them. That's what I think. (laughs) Wonderful. And for anybody that wants to connect with you after this podcast episode, what can, um, where can people find you? What are some uh, platforms, usernames that you have? Are you on social media? Sure. Um, well, let's see. You, if you're looking to engage me personally, you can always reach out to me. I'm on Instagram. My name is SL Gorgeous. I think it's SL underscore Gorgeous. Um, I've recently heard that my Facebook account is heavily, um, private, so it's hard to find me. So (laughs) the best way to honestly reach me is either my email and I'll give that to you in a second or going through my website as well for my business. So my email is dr.sherrystanley at gmail.com and it's just dr period, Mm -hmm. um, sherrystanley at gmail.com. And my website for my business, which also has my email addressing and contact information on it, is bewellcrew.com.